Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Jeff Elliott from the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame will be with us in 30 minutes. John Beeson of the ACC Network is dropping by. That new channel launches tomorrow. And remember, college football season is basically here. John Beeson's college team, the Miami Hurricanes, under their first-year head coach, Manny Diaz, are taking on number eight in the preseason rankings, Florida. The Gators will face the Canes in Orlando. That is on Saturday night, televised by ESPN proper. That is the true launch of the college football regular season. There are some other games this coming weekend. Everybody else who matters starts the following weekend when we, of course, launch our big tailgate tour with ECU's visit to NC State in the opener for Mike Houston as the Pirates head coach and, of course, Dave Doran trying to build on five straight trips to bowl games. John Beeson will join us momentarily. For the record, Baker Mayfield of the Browns did reach out personally to Daniel Jones of the New York Giants to clear the air. They exchanged text messages, as you probably would have predicted. Jones was nice and cordial and told Baker Mayfield no worries after the explosive comments in the GQ article where Baker Mayfield seemed to imply that you better be a winning quarterback in college if you think you have a chance to be a winning quarterback at the pro level. Our next guest knows both of those levels well. Just as a linebacker, he'll be part of the ACC Network's coverage starting tomorrow when that channel launches. And through the fall, as a guy from an ACC school, Miami, gets to describe what's going on in that neighborhood. John Beeson, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? I'm doing well. How's everything up there in Carolina? We're excited, man. We've got uh, NFL football just a couple weeks away in terms of the regular season, and college football is basically here. Let me hit you with an NFL question first. We get to pick your linebacker brain. How is the Cam Newton of today, 2019, different than the Cam Newton who was your teammate back when you were wearing the Panthers uniform in 2011 and 12 and 13 and when he was just breaking into the NFL? It was amazing how you, know, you go out and you throw for over 400 yards in your first uh, NFL game against the Arizona Cardinals and you have a, you know, a big-time rookie season and you get compared to you know, the likes of the Manning, Drew Brees, Tom Brady. It's like, hey, he's not these guys. He's not elite. It's like, were these these guys with a, a minimum you know, 10 years plus in the NFL, were they that guy as a rookie? Because I know Peyton Manning threw more interceptions than anybody in history as, as, as a starting rookie quarterback. And I think Peyton Manning's the best quarterback to ever play the game. So the criticism wasn't fair, but – when you do complete the, the college trifecta, meaning you go number one, you win the highest man, you win a national championship, people are going to come in and expect that from you. A lot of times when you go number one overall, you inherit crap. You go to the worst team, you know, in terms of, of your record. It's supposed to be, unless somebody moves up. Right. The worst team in football. So uh, it, it, it's, um, it's an uphill battle, and I think that um, Cam has done an outstanding job just making the, the Panthers – one relevant, um, a perennial playoff contender. Obviously, you know, to me, a few plays away from winning that Super Bowl uh, versus the, the Broncos. And I think he's just reaching his prime. You know, you look at Brady, who's, what, what is he, 42 now? Yeah. Brady, 42. Yeah, 42 years old. You, Cam has a different style of play, but, you know, you say that he's in, he's in the midst of, of his career. He hasn't quite reached his, uh, his peak. And I think that under, um, North Turner, um, the ability to scheme it up and Cam you know, learning more and understanding more what, what 
North wants to do, be an extension of the coach on the field, gives him the opportunity to be as good as anybody who's ever done it. And I, I really think he has that type of potential. John Beeson of the ACC Network is joining us on the David Glenn Show, former member of the Giants and the Panthers in the NFL, of course a superstar linebacker for the Miami Hurricanes at the college level. You, I, you've told us that you, of course, are going to describe all 14 ACC football programs with objectivity, but your alma mater is going to be the first to take the field. So uh, when, when the Canes take right, on – it's not just Florida. I mean, this is like – new head coach Manny Diaz in the Canes against the number eight ranked Florida Gators uh, who had a good year last year right there in Orlando. Uh, This is a five-time national championship program, Miami, but yet it hasn't been that lately. Do you believe right out of the gate under Manny Diaz, are these Canes ready for that kind of atmosphere against that kind of team? Well, I think that uh, they – the Gators, obviously, look at what they did last year, especially how impressive they were uh, in the bowl game against Michigan. You say that they're, they're poised under the second year under Dan Mullen yeah. to, to continue to grow. You know, they're, they're, uh, Felipe Frank should be better. Um, but, you know, there, there, there is a, a kind of silver lining to playing this game uh, right away. You know, obviously, you don't get a chance to kind of get your feet wet and understand how the, the game goes. And Jaron Williams, the, the starting quarterback for the Miami Hurricanes, uh, doesn't get an opportunity to kind of get a feel for, for making his first start. But um, as, on the flip side, to go out and, and play on, on on national TV, the only game on is, is what we're accustomed to, uh, meaning the Miami Hurricanes. You're playing on the biggest stage that you'll play on this year unless you make it to the conference championship yeah. game. There's nobody else ranked on your schedule. This is a This is a prime opportunity to go out solidify yourself, jump right back into the, the mix of one of the better teams in college football. And we've seen this narrative before. Last year, the Miami Hurricanes were ranked eight. They won 10 games the year before, just like the Gators. And you had a team coming in in LSU, neutral site, even though it was very close to LSU, just like Orlando happens to be very close to, to, the, to the, the, the game. So we're not going to talk about that. But We've seen it, and LSU came in, they took care of business, and beat the number eight team in the country. Uh, you know, rankings at this point mean nothing, right? The the the, the yeah. not going to come out and say anything for what is it, week eight or whatever it is. I mean, the starting point, cool, it helps you in the long run where you start, but at the end of the day, it's where you finish. And I think that um, the guys will embrace this moment because historically, um, that's what the Canes are are used to playing on a big platform against the best team. Sticking with the Canes, I lived in South Florida for a while, and I remember, you know, it's all about the U and that theme. And if I remember correctly, when you were being recruited, and I lived in Hollywood, Florida for a little bit, you were there at Oh, Sh- okay. So yeah, you right. Know the story. So you and I have that going on. So, yep. so John Beeson, high school star at Shamanan Madonna, at that point, the Canes were still winning like 11, win, uh, 11 games per year. You know, Larry Coker had recently won that national championship. Yep, back-to-back championship appearances. You're right, you're, you're right on. Right, so, the, so there's the five-time national champion logo. You're a local star. You pick the Canes. Remind us, I remember talented teams, but as Miami has to start a redshirt freshman quarterback against the Gators this time, I'm flashing back to some of your teams at Miami where, right. uh, you know, I know Kyle Wright was a nice player, 
But he was the number one, number one in the country, by the way. Yeah, but but he <laughs> wasn't. To, to your he, point, he yeah. wasn't Gino Toretta, Vinny Testaverde, Bernie mm-hmm. Kosar, right? So, what do you make of Jaron Williams being asked to do this as a redshirt freshman? And how much weight do you, as a linebacker, just put on getting quarterback right? What you you know, given what you lived through yourself at Miami? Yeah, it it really does boil down to uh, the quarterback and. As a football fan, and, and, and even you know uh, somebody who knows knows the game intimately, when it comes down to it, quarter, quarterback needs a supporting cast, right? Like you know, our guy Ken Dorsey doesn't he doesn't get the the, the the props he deserves as a quarterback because the guys around him were so good yeah. and it makes it easy. You know, put Trevor Lawrence on a different team and see see how good he looks. You know, <laughs> when you have studs everywhere, it makes it a lot easier, but. But the fact that Jaron Williams is starting so young tells you where the program has been in terms of talent over the last, I don't know, decade or so. You know, the, the three starting linebackers all started as freshmen. That would have never happened. Right. You know, when I came in to the University of Miami in 2003, I was a strong safety. I was fourth on the depth chart. Sean Taylor maybe the best safety to ever play the game, or maybe it never came to fruition, but the best football player I've ever witnessed with my own eyeballs. Yeah. Um, behind him, Brandon Merriweather, also a first-round pick. Marcus Maxey went fifth round, um, converted corner um, as, as a safety. And then me, I signed up for that. Wow. And that's the year we had six in the first round. Wow. <laughs> that's crazy. And, 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 and that in that team photo, there's 19 first-round picks in their respective years. It's insane. It's, it, was, it was absolutely insane. But you, you, you didn't run from the competition. You went anyway because – that's what you want. If you're looking for greatness, that's what you need to have. And I think that, you know, when you watch Jan Williams at, play the quarterback position, um, in comparison to the other guys, he's more of he's more of a natural passer of the football in terms of accuracy, going through a progression, uh, moving in the pocket to get his eyes back up, and and delivering the ball on time. If this guy gets time, you will see a player who can flat out throw the football. And I think from Dan Eno's perspective. That gives Miami the best chance to be consistent and win a lot of football games, and it shows you how he wants to attack opposing defenses. So the kid's done a lot. He's done a lot to get to this point. Speaking of great football players, a guest of ours from the Carolina Panthers, Greg Olson, who's a fantastic interview, as are you, said he once slept on your couch. He told us that I don't know the circumstances. but I'll tell you the circumstances. Go ahead. No, we we uh, we trade for Greg. Uh, he was uh, drafted thirty um, first overall to the Chicago Bears. Uh, for whatever reason, they thought that he wasn't a great fit because they really wanted him to be an inline kind of you know blocker. Right. And uh, not that he can't do that. Greg's a Greg does a very good job of blocking, but his skill set is hey, I can stretch the field vertically. I catch everything, and I'm always open. I use my six six frame. And that's it. But, um, you know, Greg is a, is a dear friend of mine. We came out the same year. Uh, we're two freshmen in, in the same class uh, together. Um, you know, I know his wife, uh, her family well, his family well. And when he got traded, hey, man, I got a guest room for you. Come stay here. <laughs> stay for a week or so. We rode the practice together until we can kind of, you know, get the family moved, find a place to stay, get situated. And uh, I, was, I was happy to have him. Cool story. John Beeson joining us on the David Glenn Show. Um, was it meaningful to you as a former Panther 
that the David Tepper owned team reached out to you and said, man, we, we'd love you to be the guy who walks to the podium and announces our draft pick. I mean, uh, change in ownership, I don't know exactly your sentiments about, you know, sometimes things end poorly. I don't know all those details, but was that meaningful to you as a professional that you got to make that statement? Absolutely. I think that, um, you know, well, first off, um, just to kind of you know, one-up you a little bit, yeah. if you do the second round, you had to have been a first-round pick and had to have a prominent career. Uh-huh. So there's criteria to just doing a pick. You wouldn't know that from the guys who's doing the, the third round, right. fourth round, fifth round. So to be um, you know, honored um, to, to represent the Carolina Panthers, um, you know, an organization I, I totally thought that I would retire um, with. And I, I, I went to um, John Casey, uh, Moose Muhammad, Mike Minner, Mike um, Rucker, I went to all of their retirement speeches early in my career, my first year, my second year, and said, I want to do that one. Yeah, that's a great career right there, man. Holy yeah, cow. And, and sometimes it doesn't work out. But when I got the call, I'm, I'm going to announce the pick in front of, there was literally 250,000 people in front of me, regardless of who's watching. You know, <laughs> it just, it, it, one, I, for, one, for, for that moment, I felt, connected you know with my roots with the, the team that made my dreams come through um and to, to go up there to honor the, the draft pick greg little uh, the offensive tackle from uh, old miss and then obviously the carolina panthers as a as a you know ambassador that was huge man because that's that's really how i went about my business during my time as a carolina panther i once had a nightmare that i got to announce a draft pick and they handed me a name at the last second with like 72 different letters that I had. Yeah, yeah. So you got Greg Little. Did you like exhale when you saw the name Greg Little? <laughs> well, that's a joke uh, in the green room. Right? Okay. The whole, the whole, you know, the, the, you're there for a couple of days and everyone's saying, man, I hope I don't get this guy. I hope I don't get that guy. <laughs> and then you're trying to, you know, look at the mock draft to kind of run through the who, who's supposed to go in the second round just in case. And you're like, hey, that one name I really don't want to – what has to pronounce. I don't want to mess this guy's moment up because it is, it is a moment that, that sticks with you. <laughs> but um, that's great. The guy, I go up there and they're like, you know, Carolina Panthers traded up, so I'm going to get two cards, which makes it difficult. You just you could just read on one card, but right. I don't want to go up there and say something. And uh, <laughs> I flipped through, and I had I, the, the first card. I just said it in my mind: Carolina Panthers, you know, trade the 37 pick to uh, I think it was the Seahawks, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, I flipped through it. I'm flipping the cards because I have two as opposed to one. So I still kind of had like a moment up there. <laughs> um, but look, Greg Little, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. I, I was terrified. Trust me. John Beeson was hard to say, you're on, you're on. He was smooth on the field. He is smooth off the field. He is smooth at the podium. Last thing for you, when we saw, it's just the preseason media vote, but the coaches do a vote as well. We all knew Clemson was going to be way up there, number one, representing the ACC. And some took it as a sign of disrespect that only Syracuse was, you know, in the top 25. Every year, teams that were unranked in the preseason jump into the tw top 25 and finish there. Who, who's the best candidate that you see outside of Clemson and Syracuse to end up in the top 25, even if they weren't in the preseason top 25? I'll guarantee it. Who do you think I'm going to say? I'm thinking either Virginia or Miami. <laughs> Virginia plays three non-conference games, and this is what upset me. 
you know, I get it. You know, you're playing uh, William and Mary, you're playing Liberty, and you're playing the, the juggernaut that is, you know, the, the team that, that put the hurt on the Virginia Tech, um, well, I call them the Jokies, but the Hokies, Virginia Tech Hokies and Old Dominion. You're yeah. playing three non-Power 5, non, uh, uh, yeah, non-Power 5 yeah. teams. It's like, come on, Virginia, get out of here. Like, I, I get what you guys are trying to do. Miami's playing the University of Florida. But I, I will say this, outside of that game, there's no one ranked. And there's really no reason why they shouldn't dominate every other game. You know, Virginia's going to be good. They got a dynamic player in, in, in Bryce Perkins. But if the Kings aren't ranked in the top 25, I, I think that would be a, a, a true disrespect to what uh, Manny Diaz has been preaching, how good they are, and the talent level that they have. They should be ranked in the top 25 when, when it's all said and done. You're a lot of fun, John. Thank you for the time, as always, on the David Glenn Show. Good luck with the ACC Network. Your role, of course, uh, will ramp up as the new channel launches tomorrow. And a lot of good carriage news that we've got to share with Spectrum picking it up and, of course, DirecTV and others. So thanks for the time here, and good luck there. You know we'll be knocking on your door again later this fall. All right. Thanks, BG. Any comment? You got it. John Beeson of the ACC Network via the Miami Hurricanes and your Carolina Panthers. Jeff Elliott once worked with the ACC, actually a long time. He's now the executive director of the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame. He'll be with us in about 15 minutes. Last call for your phone calls on the other side, 1-800-849-2761. We have quarterback news all over college football. I mean, national top team, top, top 10 teams, including Oklahoma and Ohio State, both went with major college transfers as their coaches announced their starters in the last couple days. Alabama's Jalen Hurts will be the guy for Lincoln Riley and the Sooners. He went 26-2 and as the starter for the Crimson Tide, remember. And Georgia transfer Justin Fields will be the guy for the Buckeyes right out of the gate. Around here, Holton Ehlers got the green light from Mike Houston just officially last night he'll be the pirate starter as they play at nc state on august 31st see you there with the big tailgate tour a true freshman sam howell will get the nod for mac brown in chapel hill barring something unforeseen in practice over these next uh week or so jamie newman is the guy at wake forest heck of a backup assuming he stays in sam hartman last year's starter for nine games app state has zach thomas duke has the fifth year senior but a new guy in quentin harris nc state hasn't announced anything yet but matt mckay is the most experienced guy who knows the offense best bailey hockman the florida state transfer has been competing for that job as well devin leary is a younger guy who is part of that three-headed monster as well. Big quarterback news. Only so many days left for these announcements, and sometimes coaches like to keep such things secret. We'll keep you up to date on any further developments there. The ACC Network, you have questions, we have answers. Team USA in basketball. Why does Greg Popovich have such a weak roster after taking the baton from Duke's Mike Krzyzewski as the World Cup begins in China 10 days from now. I'll tell you a little bit more about that. We do have a floating NFL question of the day. If you're just joining us, which NFL player or coach best fits the proverbial hot seat description this year? We've had about seven or eight different starting quarterbacks nominated. We've had Jason Garrett of the Cowboys, Ron Rivera of the Panthers, and a half a dozen other head coaches nominated. And you can steer us elsewhere if you like. Which NFL player or coach best fits the proverbial hot seat description this year? And if you're a Panthers fan, do you agree that Ron Rivera is the right answer to that question? 1-800-849-2761. Panthers at Patriots tomorrow night in preseason.
in game three of four. Antonio Brown and Ezekiel Elliott are back alive and well in the NFL headlines, although only one of those two is actually on the practice field. You're welcome on the other side to join us. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket in to the David Glenn Show. show jeff elliott of the north carolina sports hall of fame joins us later this hour jay is listening in costa rica and has a question or comment all due respect we have others listening here on terra firma north carolina style you can be next at 1-800-849-2761 one thing i promised roger clemens joins people like sister jean she's just celebrating a hundredth birthday today the loyola chicago basketball team chaplain famous in 2018 for her place on that squad as they made that magical run to the Final Four. Carly Lloyd visited her hometown Philadelphia Eagles training camp and, among other things, booted a 55-yard field goal with room to spare after smoothly converting a bunch of 40-yarders while the cameras were rolling. Meanwhile, Roger Clemens, according to documents obtained by ABC News in Texas, Roger Clemens was approached by... A U.S. House of Representatives congressman there in Texas where Clemens still lives. And in the exchange of text messages, I'm not even sure of the details how ABC got these text messages. Pete Olson, Texas congressperson, who is retiring after his current term, reached out to Roger Clemens to see if he would like to run for the retiring Pete Olson's seat as a member of the United States Congress. Clemens' response was, well, included, quote, the climate in politics at this time is much more than I would want to undertake, along with my family considerations, so he politely declined. As Kurt Schilling and other former athletes have made noise about trying to run for public office. Wouldn't that be interesting? Roger Clemens clearly has gone the other way, so I wanted to pass that along. 1-800-849-2761. As we go to Jay in Costa Rica and you at 1-800-849-2761, you may not know this because the World Cup, as it's called now in basketball, used to be the World Championship. It's the second most prestigious international basketball event. Olympic gold is still the gold standard, if you will. And we win those all the time. In fact, when we didn't win in 2004, it was an international incident. And essentially, since they allowed, well, since we started using, better put, professional athletes on Team USA, we've won all but one gold medal in men's basketball. 04 was the exception. We didn't like it. Lots of guys declined. All sorts of other excuses and explanations. Six out of seven times since we've been using pros, America, we win the gold medal. We often win the World Cup as well, although it's not as shiny an object, so not as many players automatically say yes to will you represent Team USA at the World Cup slash World Championship. Usually, unless a guy's hurt or getting married or something, they say yes to the will you represent Team USA in the Olympic context. Just for comparison, Darren, you tell me if you like this basketball team. This is our most recent Olympic gold medalist, okay? Would you like, in his prime, 24-year-old Kyrie Irving at point guard? Yeah. How about yeah. an in-his-prime 26-year-old? These are ages at the time. 2016 was the most recent Summer Olympics. Jimmy Butler on the wing. How about a Kevin Durant at 27? 
How about a Clay Thompson as an in-his-prime 26-year-old sharpshooter from the Golden State Warriors? Would you like a versatile forward like a Paul George in his prime at the age of 26? <laughs> yeah. Would you like a Swiss Army knife like Draymond Green, another mega-time all-star? Just one more tool for your toolbox. Back then, it was Coach K calling the shots for Team USA. How about a little 32-year-old Carmelo Anthony who has played his best basketball of his life in two contexts? As a freshman for Jim Beheim at Syracuse, Coach Beheim's only to this moment national title, and while wearing the red, white, and blue, I would take his Team USA career over everything and anything Carmelo has ever done well, poorly, or in between as an NBA basketball player. He has represented our nation well. He was on that team. And I'm not even listing everybody, but star LeBron didn't play that year, but star-studded, fair description. Yeah, every name you just mentioned. Okay. There were 33 All-Star games that those guys I just listed, 2016 Team USA at the Olympics, at that point, they had already been to collective 33 All-Star games, okay? And most of, the, most of those guys have been perennial All-Stars oh, since number, then. Oh, yeah, the number's <laughs> way higher now. This year's Team USA, which is in Australia playing exhibitions as we speak, on its way to China, which is hosting this year's World Cup. Five All-Star games total on the entire roster, three of them, by former Charlotte Hornets point guard star Kemba Walker. That's it. That is it. This is, other than the lockout year, where, again, NBA players were not eligible for an international competition that year. Other than that, which was 1998, in the last 30 years, this is the weakest Team USA at the senior level that I have ever seen since we started using pros. Now, will we still win the World Cup? I don't know. It'll unfold from the end of August into mid-September. But 32 nations are in China. Spain and France and Serbia and others have pretty good basketball teams. We've been number one in the world forever, right? We almost never lose. In international tournament play, we haven't lost a game since 2006. But 20-plus elite players said no when called by our nation for duty at this year's World Cup. Kemba Walker, Chris Middleton, and Brooke Lopez – are the three guys and only three guys who have been to an NBA All-Star game. There are other good players, but when you get to 20-plus saying no, I don't think you can just assume that a 13-year run of not losing a single game, not just missing the gold medal, they haven't missed a game, lost a game in, in 13 years thanks to you know Coach K and the greater talent and roster that he had on hand at the time. This is a good roster, but it's certainly not an overwhelming roster. And as Greg Popovich takes the baton from Mike Krzyzewski, yeah, he has Kemba. That's your star. I mean, the Hornets know what it's like to have Kemba Walker as your best player. I just never dreamed or had a nightmare where our country had Kemba Walker. All due respect, Kemba. You know, I just don't think you should be the guy that is the go-to guy in international competition for the greatest basketball nation on earth. Are you with me on this? Kemba Walker. Uh, Donovan Mitchell is there, a Utah Jazz star. Yeah. Mar Marcus Smart is going to play a lot. I mean, you can't make this stuff up, man. Marvin Bagley said no, and he's not even yet an elite NBA player. 
Bradley Beal, Anthony Davis, Andre Drummond, Eric Gordon, James Harden, Damian Lillard, Kevin Love, Kyle Lowry, C.J. McCollum, Paul Millsap, J.J. Redick, Julius Randle, P.J. Tucker was there but withdrew, Trey Young, Andre Drummond said no, Montrez Harrell, former North Carolina, well, guy from our state, said no. I didn't even name them all. LeBron and other older no, guys said so. And, and a lot of those guys are, are pretty far down the list. If you were to rank top NBA players, one through 50 or whatever. Hey, man, you needed a date for the prom. And the five girls that you guessed would say yes said no. I mean, and the five girls that you knew would say no did say no. But then the next five that you hoped would say yes also said no. You're one step away from taking your sister or your mom <laughs> to the prom. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm sure there's an occasional explanation where that needs to be the case. <laughs> I'm not throwing shade at anybody who has to be creative with their prom. Life is complicated sometimes. <laughs> but that should not be a Team USA roster. Jay in Costa Rica, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Hey, how you guys doing? Doing great, man. How's Costa Rica? Um... It's a changing country, changing for the worse. Oh, no. Leave it at that. It's a great, it's a great country, but it's being taxed to death. Oh, no. Did uh, not know that. It's, very, it's, it's more expensive to live here than to live in Raleigh. Wow. Just leave it at that. I did okay. not know that. Are, are my, massages my still $20 at the beach? What's that? Are massages at the beach still $20? That's my fondest no, recollection of uh, Costa Rica. 40. Oh, man. Inflation. Yeah, everything is doubled. We're going we're, we're gonna to need our Costa Rican massage Boston Tea Party protest at some point. So I can't have that, man. Anyway, go ahead to your sports yeah. question, Jay. All right. Um, it has, it's a two-part question about uh, Duke and David Cutcliffe. He always gets good quarterbacks. Is it because he picks good quarterbacks or he knows how to develop them? That's the first part. Mm. And the second part is, what part does he play, if any, in the draft? In other words, do any of the teams approach him about any of his yes, 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 yes. The second one's easy to answer. Thanks for calling and listening. We can leave him on the line. It's a little trickier to listen from Costa Rica, uh, especially for first-round picks, but this really goes all the way through the draft. Among the most valued sources are candid college football coaches. Now, all these scouts and general managers know which coaches are straight shooters and which coaches are just full of it and always pumping the tires of anybody from their school just so they can look better as high draft picks. Coach Cut has always been a straight shooter in every context. NFL people respect his opinion. And, of course, if the Giants or anybody else were considering drafting Daniel Jones, they are going to pepper Coach Cut. They're going to talk to his offensive assistants. They're going to want to talk to Daniel Jones' former Duke teammates. They'll even talk to Daniel Jones' former high school teammates, or coaches, rather, you know, in the Charlotte area. So, yeah, Coach Cut's always answering the phone for uh, questions about all of his Blue Devils players, but also the most prominent ones who are on their way to the NFL. The first part, I wonder what Coach Cut's answer would be. I mean, the easy answer is yes. Jay's question was, is it cut is great at identifying quarterbacks at the high school level and signing them, or is he just so good at developing them that he ends up sending, you know, Thad Lewis and now Daniel Jones and back in the day, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning onto the NFL? Like the short answer is yes, like all of that. Who's a better evaluator of quarterback talent than David Cutcliffe? 
But who's a better developer of quarterback talent than David Cutcliffe? It is trickier for him to get the most elite prospects at Duke, which is winning a lot more under Coach Cut, but still nobody considers a threat to win a national championship. I mean, right now, as Duke prepares to play Alabama in its season opener, people are wondering, are they going to keep it under 40, you know, the point spread? So it's hard to recruit at the highest level when you're at a program that was horrible for most of a four-decade period. And while much better under David Cutcliffe, you know, he's not beating Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State for high-profile quarterback recruits, except in extremely rare circumstances. So, yeah, he has an eye for talent. Um, you know, Daniel Jones was not a five-star guy coming out of high school. So it's, I'd, I'd say, more development than eye for talent, but it's got to be both. It's got to be both. And it's not like every Duke quarterback signee moves on to pro football. It's never that easy. But Coach Cut's track record is off the charts, especially led by the Manning brothers. We'll see how Daniel Jones pans out. And, yes, it is an honor to be offered a scholarship by that guy to attend Duke University and play the position that he is you know, most famous for crafting some of the great quarterbacks that we've ever seen, college and pro. Appreciate the call, Jay. Thanks for the loyalty award and extra effort calling from Costa Rica. Jeff Elliott has jumped from the Atlantic Coast Conference, where he was a right-hand man to the commissioner, John Swafford, to his new role as the executive director of the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame. You can play golf with the legends of the sports world. And if that doesn't work out, you could actually end up in a foursome with me. The North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame has a fun event coming up. Jeff Elliott may be willing to chime in on the Launching Tomorrow ACC Network, given his roots, deep ones, with that conference. He's our guest next on The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to The David Glenn Show. You want to play golf with one of the legends of the sports world? You can do that Monday, October 14th at Prestonwood Country Club. The North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame has great events, including on the links in this case, all year long, really. October 14th is the next one. Their class of 2019, remember, included the likes of Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Davis Love III. Those guys have been kind enough to join us as guests. Our next guest is the new executive director of the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame. He worked a long time with distinction for the Atlantic Coast Conference. Now he's taking over an important role at the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame. Jeff Elliott, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? I'm well, David. How are you today? I'm doing really well. For those who don't know that they can play with some legends of sport uh, at Prestonwood on October 14th, give us an idea uh, you have your Salute to Champions Golf Classic coming up that day. Uh, little guys like me will be a part of it, and hopefully we'll have some fun playing partners. But paint the rest of that picture for us, because I've been there. This is a fun event, and I've seen a whole lot of happy faces at the end of the day. Well, it's a great event for, for the Sports Hall of Fame, and obviously a lot of the, the people that have been inducted into the Hall of Fame will be playing that day. and. So we encourage people to, to get a team together and be able to come and rub elbows and have in-depth conversations and, and some experiences and relive some athletic glory for uh, for some of the people that are they'll be playing that day that are in the Hall of Fame. And what's the best place for them to make that happen? Is it your North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame official website, or is there a subsite they can go to? Uh, because I know these foursomes can go quickly, and October 14th is not too far away. 
Yeah, I think the best way to do it would be to go to our website, which is www.ncshof.org. NCSHOF.org. Do you That's have right. a fairly well-developed list of playing sports stars, or is that a fluid situation, or can you give us a few examples? Well, we're, we're, in, we're in the beginning stages of that right now, so I, don't, I probably wouldn't give you any specific names, but there will be a lot of people, especially people that are more local to this area, that are in the Hall of Fame that will play. But, you know, it, it'll be a fun event, and uh, we try to make sure there's a celebrity assigned to each team. Yeah. So every team that participates will have one of the one of the individuals that have already been inducted into the Hall of Fame on their team. So it's a it's a fun event and uh, something that I think everyone would really enjoy. And, and it's the day after the SAS, so Preston will be in terrific shape, and uh, we just look forward to going back there again this year. Excellent. I'll be out there during the SAS championship at Prestonwood Country Club. The previous week, I'll be there playing on Monday, October 14th, hopefully with many of our statewide listeners. It's called the Salute to Champions Golf Classic. It raises a lot of money for a lot of great causes. That's exactly what North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame is in the business of doing. We're speaking to Executive Director Jeff Elliott joining us here on the David Glenn Show. You spent a lot of time at those ACC offices in Greensboro. How do you frame the importance of a successful launch of the ACC network with that channel debuting tomorrow? Well, David, it's something that's been in the works for four or five years now. And John Swafford, and then after that, uh, Dean Jordan, who's been our consultant with Washington, uh, they've just both done a tremendous job. John's leadership in, in bringing this network to fruition to, uh, tomorrow has just uh, it's been a, a Tremendous example of leadership, and uh, it started with the expansion of our conference back when uh, we, we expanded, expanded from 9 to 11 and then to 12 teams and now to 15 schools. But all of this has been part of the process of making sure that the ACC is uh, one of the premier conferences in the country, and, and we certainly are now. And you know, Our success with Clemson in football and even Florida State a few years ago in winning the national championship and you know, our, our championships Duke in North Carolina and Virginia in men's basketball and Notre Dame in women's basketball. You know, we're certainly one of the elite conferences the ACC is now in the country, and uh, we really take a backseat to anyone and combine, you know, all of our academic achievements that our schools have and the rankings of our, our academics uh, within the conference with our schools. And we feel like we're, you know, one of the premier, if not the premier conferences in the country. I know part but, of your you know, getting back to the network. I, yeah. I will say this that it's you know it's something that was well thought through, and um, partnering with ESPN after the success they had with the SEC network gave us a good model to to be able to look at. And uh, John the TND both did a tremendous job and 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 bring us forward to the to the launch tomorrow. If I remember correctly, you're a product of LSU, right? That's right. All That's, right. Uh, I grew up in Louisiana, went to LSU, and then I moved to Chapel Hill. So I've been three really good places. I've been at LSU and at North Carolina, University of North Carolina, and the ACC. So I, I, I wouldn't trade my experiences in any of those three places, really. 
With that in mind, some folks say that the success of the SEC network, I mean, part of it is, of course, exactly what you just said, a partnership with ESPN slash Disney, which help you with distribution and, and the quality of the production and all the rest of those things. Tony Barnhart, Mr. College Football, once joked that if a Big Ten fan wanted to make sure he or she got the Big Ten network, he might send an email, maybe even a nasty phone call. Uh, an SEC fan might threaten to burn somebody's house down if uh, he or she couldn't get the SEC network. How do you describe that passion factor, having grown up in the SEC country, basically, uh, but having lived so long and worked here in ACC country? It's a different kind of passion, but I imagine the passion for ACC sports you know, has to be a driving force behind the ACC network. Well, it is, and, and I think uh, you know we obviously have some advantages that the SEC didn't have. We have we have a lot more sports that we conduct championships in. So we have a lot of people over different parts of the country where we recruit our student-athletes yeah. in these various sports from. You know, lacrosse and, and field hockey are primarily, you know, in, in high school athletics or uh, northern uh, sports. And so we get a lot of interest in, in the expansion of our footprint all the way from up to Syracuse and across to Notre Dame and down to Miami. Um, you know, I the great thing about it, and when we're looking at the, the plans for the network, the population in the ACC, the television uh, households, the ACC footprint are superior to any conference, yep. including the Big Ten and the SEC. So you know, we have a little bit of a built-in advantage in the fact that you know people are moving to the South primarily, and uh, we're getting additional households each year in some of the other areas of the country that have various networks for the other conferences, uh, they can't all say that, but uh, we certainly can, and we're, we're fortunate. It's, uh, and then I, I would say that our fans are um, as passionate in some areas as other other fans are, and maybe more passionate in some sports. I'd, I'd rival anyone to us in, in, in basketball. I think you know, our basketball fans are, are very similar to SEC football fans. Yeah. So, um, I think, you know, there are a lot of advantages for us. And the one thing is the population that we have in, in all of our footprint and the expansion of, of households, TV households, as we move down the road and in the future. I think that's one of the attractive things uh, for ESPN and Disney uh, to start this network with us. It's Jeff Elliott, Executive Director of the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame. Sign up for the Salute to Champions Golf Classic by visiting ncshof.org. The date again, October 14th. The location, Prestonwood Country Club. I will be there. Jeff will be there. We hope to see you there. Jeff, thanks for joining us today on the David Glenn Show. Okay, David, thanks for your support, and we look forward to seeing you on October 14th. Always fun. I love the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame. We have some final thoughts and TV picks next. We are coming down the stretch on today's program. And down the stretch they come. Special thanks to John Beeson of the ACC Network, Jeff Elliott of the North Carolina Sports Hall of Fame, and you, those who participated by calling, and of course, those who participated by listening. Darren bought the TV picks tonight do include my Phillies at your Red Sox, only on the MLB Network, which I have and you don't. Maria's on a business trip. Anthony's back at ECU, so you're invited if you'd like to see if the Red Sox can get revenge on the Phillies for our victory yesterday. North Carolina FC gets a national TV game tonight. Tampa visiting NCFC in soccer on ESPN News. Little League World Series and more. Enjoy. See you tomorrow.